Welcome to Cardiff City Church Podcast. We're a Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff, dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today as we listen to a word brought to us by our pastoral team. Hi there, City Church Cardiff. It's just such a great thrill to be able to share with you today. I wish that Amanda and I could have been with you in person, gathering together on this special Sunday, but that's not been possible. So a real big thank you to Pastor Dominic and the team for making it possible for me to still be able to share with you on this special day. And it's special because it's Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday for us as Pentecostals is a a day that we acknowledge and remember the power and the gift of the Spirit who comes to us, lives within us, flows from us and is the dynamic and the impact that we can have on the world today as we'll reflect a little bit together. For the Jews, it was a festival that they'd long celebrated. It marked the 50th day after Passover. And for them in particular, it was a time when they commemorated the wilderness journey and God meeting them on Mount Sinai, meeting with Moses and Moses coming down, bringing the law of God to the people. And it's known as a time of harvest as well. And that's not insignificant for us, is it, when we think about what happened that first day of Pentecost. And so let's just read for a few moments those first four verses of Acts chapter two, when we acknowledge what happened for those first disciples. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The promise of the Spirit is the personal promise of Jesus to his disciples. In Luke 24 verse 49, Jesus said to them, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. The teaching of Jesus had spoken of the Spirit that would live within us, within us. Now that's remarkable because in the Old Testament we see that the Spirit had come upon men and women of God when God had moved on them. But that first Pentecost day is a revelation, the spirit that comes upon us and lives from within us. And Peter makes a really very special announcement, doesn't he? As at the end of his sermon in Acts chapter two, we read it in verses 38 and 39. And this is what he said. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And so I can say with confidence today that the spirit is here. In other words, he is with us because he is within us. And when we look at Acts chapter two, this particular incident, we see it was both a miraculous and a mysterious event. It was miraculous and it was an event that was obvious to those disciples of Jesus, that 120 people who first gathered in that room and experienced this outpouring from God. The Bible tells us that there was a sound from heaven. 
And then it tells us that what looked like flames of fire were visible to them. And then, of course, it tells us that they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This miraculous event engaged their senses, sound, sight, speaking. They heard, they saw, they spoke. It was a miraculous event, but it wasn't so miraculous or mysterious that it didn't actually engage them. And yet it was mysterious in the sense that in verse 12 of this chapter, the disciples are saying to themselves, what can this mean? They asked each other, this was such a remarkable moment for them. And I suppose for generations since, we've asked that question about the spirit, this invisible yet present member of the Godhead with us. How amazing it is that God came to the church, birthed the church, on that day and here we are 2000 years later men and women who are seeking the life and the power of the spirit from within to flow out and impact our world and so maybe we need to ask the question what does that first day of pentecost mean for us today what is the impact that it might have for us today and i suppose i want to summarize much of what i want to say to you in these moments in this phrase that was then this is now that was then, but this is now. Think about it with me for a moment, won't you? The day of Pentecost was nearly 2,000 years ago. That was then. God poured out the Spirit on the newborn church, and that was then. They were impacted by an encounter with God the Holy Spirit. That was then. And they exploded in the miraculous and in the mission of Jesus. That was then. But this is now. And I want to unpack that vital lesson for you and for me today, that that was then, but this is now. In other words, what I suppose I'm saying to you today is that any encounter with the spirit we might have had that might have been in our past is not sufficient for our today. That the day of Pentecost, as we remember it today, almost 2000 years ago, was remarkable and it birthed the church and it launched the church out in mission and in the miraculous and in making an impact in cities and nations and continents. But God wants to do something today. The gift of the Spirit is a promise of fresh power, fresh encounter with God for every day that we're alive and serving and following Jesus. It's interesting, I can't see anywhere in the New Testament that they had a special day to celebrate the anniversary of the day of Pentecost. Now, I'm a good Elim boy. I grew up in the Elim church, all my life spent in Elim. And I can remember a time when we used to celebrate anniversaries, the anniversary of the church launching and the church building and special anniversaries, Sunday school anniversaries, the anniversary of our pastor arriving. And we maybe, we don't do that so much today. And there may be a sense in which we have in the past been affected by nostalgia, by memories of the past, memories of things that have impacted on us. But Unfortunately, what happens with nostalgia is we, we remember the great times, but we don't often remember that even in those moments, we went after God and we hungered after God because of a current dissatisfaction we had. Now, if I'm really honest with you today, I just know how much today I need a sense of God in my heart and my life, not just because of this current COVID crisis that we're facing, but the reality is that every day in my life, I need to know the freshness of God in my heart and in my life. You look at the story of the children of Israel and you find strangely in the early chapters of Acts how Stephen records their nostalgia 
um, for when they were wandering in the wilderness, how the children of Israel were thinking back to Egypt. In, in Acts 7 verse 39, he says how our ancestors refused to obey God and they rejected him and their hearts turned back to Egypt. How remarkable that having come out of those hundreds of years of captivity, they found themselves in a wilderness and they wanted back into Egypt. You know, somehow we can be caught up with remembering the peak moments of our lives, the high moments. And yet we need to remind ourselves that though that was then, this is now and that God is not parked in our yesterdays. He is very much present in our today. So where should your life be today and where should my life be today? One American preacher, Jensen Franklin, has said this, that there's nothing more miserable than someone who has known the touch of God on their life and has lost it. And I confess afresh to you today that I, and I'm hoping you would say it too for your life, need a fresh encounter with God the Holy Spirit for my today. I could wax lyrical and tell you about some amazing moments in my life where I've encountered the Lord. When think back to when I was 14, I was first baptised in the Holy Spirit. And, and when I was 17, had a remarkable encounter with God at a, at a Bible week. And my times in Bible college and my early years in ministry as an assistant in our Swansea church and, and just learning so much under Dennis Phillips about the, the Holy Spirit and times where God moved and through the times I've served as a, a church pastor and moments in my own private life where I've really encountered the Lord. But I have to say, even over my own life today, Stuart, that was then, but, but this is now. And today God is wanting me as he's wanting you to hunger and to thirst after something more, something fresh of the touch of his spirit on our lives. We know well, I'm sure, the, the little passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. And I want to read it to you from the message where it says there, don't drink too much wine. That's pretty good advice, by the way, that cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God, huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our master, Jesus Christ. You know, we need today to be saying, Lord, I'm thirsty and I want more of you. Because to those of us sometimes who are conscious, probably more conscious of our past failings than we are of our present blessings in Christ today. I equally want to say to you that was then, but this is now. That God's grace is a wonderful gift that takes us beyond the failures of our past and promises us the spirit today for our life today. I love in that passage in John chapter 7 where Jesus has been teaching in the temple and the festival of tabernacles is taking place. And what happened in that festival was they would remember the time when King David was so thirsty and so craving for some waters from Bethlehem that two of his mighty men snuck out and snuck beyond the lines of Saul, the king who was pursuing David, and went and brought him back a cup of water from that fountain that he craved to drink from. And he was so overwhelmed by their, their sacrifice and their love for him that he poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, that was something that they did. And they would pour out water and they would say that passage that we know from the Old Testament with, with joy will I draw waters from the wells of salvation and yet a voice suddenly shouts from the back of the crowd in this very 
uh, festival that's taking place, this voice from the back of the crowd shouts out, and it's the voice of Jesus. And John records for us that Jesus shouted out, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures have declared that rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And John says that when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who will be given to those who believed. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And I suppose as we reflect on that verse and Jesus's invitation for the thirsty to come, maybe I could ask you the question today. Do you feel spiritually dehydrated? Let me be really honest, there are times and days in my life where I know that and I have to remind myself as a follower of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, that I can ask him for that fresh overflowing river from within to well up and to refresh the dry parts of my heart and my life. Is there an inner dissatisfaction in you for something deeper in your relationship and your walk with God? Well, one truth is the same for you and I today as it was on that very first day of Pentecost, and that is the Spirit is here. Not only is he here, he is with us, within us. You know, as you're watching me from your homes, maybe from a bedroom, from a lounge, maybe with loved ones, maybe on your own, I want to say to you that the Spirit is with you. And he is with you because he is within you. He is the gift that the Father promised. He is the gift not what he does or the manifestations of his presence. He, God, the Holy Spirit, is the gift of God to our lives. There's a moment where Jesus says to his disciples that it is good for you that I go away. And they quite rightly, and I would have done the same, said, how on earth, Jesus, could it be good for us that you're going away? I mean, we've lived these few years with you. We've seen the miracles and we've been overwhelmed by who you are. But of course, Jesus was there, God in flesh, Emmanuel carrying flesh for us to the cross so that he could be the sacrifice for our sin but he promises to them one of the same kind in other words God is coming to you in the person of the spirit to be within you all of you wherever you are and across the world today on this Pentecost Sunday billions of people who've confessed Christ as their Lord are indwelt by that same spirit who is with all of us because he is here, he is with us. So how is it that you can experience something fresh of the spirit today on this Pentecost Sunday? Just a couple of little suggestions, little headlines for you here. First of all, it will require thirst. The Bible tells us that thirst is one of those signs that we are craving for something more of God. The psalmist says in Psalm 63 and verse 1, Oh God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. So I wonder today whether you are thirsty for more of God in your life. Whether you're thirsty for more of his presence, more of his joy, his peace, the overflowing of the sense of God in our hearts and lives. Are you thirsty today? But it will also require surrender. Are you willing to submit to the spirit to transform you from the inside out? Psalm 51, King David comes to a pivotal moment in his life. He's so aware of his failure. It's been pointed out to him by the prophet Nathan. And he's aware that he has failed God in his adultery with Bathsheba. 
And he records in Psalm 51 this remarkable prayer of crying out to God for forgiveness. And it kind of reaches its apex in verse 10 when he says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He said, God, I surrender, create in me a fresh heart after you. And somehow the remarkable truth is that we need the spirit to want more of the spirit. Somehow within he he creates that sense of craving for more of him. And then we say, oh, I surrender to your spirit that you might flow through my life more and more. And I lay down more of me that I might take up more of you. But it's also going to require faith. Do you believe that God wants to do so much more in your life? You know, one of my life verses, I've got a few of them, but one verse that means so much to me is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus now and throughout all generations to come. And that just stirs my faith to believe that actually God wants to do more in my life and your life and through my life and your life to impact the world through you and I. Look at what happened through 120 disciples of Jesus who were filled with the spirit. The Bible tells us they literally turned the world upside down. And today across this globe of ours, billions of people Honour the name of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. As we're here in church today, thousands upon thousands of people are following after Jesus, giving their lives to Christ today because of the power of the Spirit at work through the church, through people like you and me in their everyday world and everyday life. And so we need to believe today that God wants to come to our hearts and lives. And yes, even to those of us who often feel we're, we're failures in this walk of faith. That was then, but this is now. This is a now moment. It's a moment when you and I can say to the Holy Spirit, we look to you today. We lean into you today. We call to you today for something fresh in our hearts and lives. Some of you may well have been struggling through this difficult season. Some of you would have lost loved ones, friends, people that have meant so much to you, either through this wicked virus or through other things that have been happening physically in their lives. Some of you may be concerned about your jobs and your finances and your future, your family. We understand that. But I want to encourage you today to ask God for that fresh overflow of the Spirit's life within, just to bring a new sense of confidence and hope and peace and trust in him. But, you know, some of you may have been watching this broadcast today. You've never, ever surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been talking about a life that he offers you, a life I found 45 years ago as a young man, a life that can mean so much to all of us, a life that promises us hope beyond this life and peace and joy and strength and comfort and confidence within it. And that's the life that Jesus offers to you today. And we would love to invite you today to acknowledge Jesus Christ and invite him to become the king of your life. 
He wants to come and enter your heart and life by the Holy Spirit to guarantee you eternal life for your future beyond this short temporary life that we have on this planet with all of its challenges and all of its struggles. You may even be feeling a sense of something inside. Gosh, that feels strange. I don't know what's going on in me. And that might well be the impulse of God, the Holy Spirit, stirring your heart and life and inviting you to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ today and invite him to become your all in all, to enter your heart and life by the Spirit and turn your life around. You know, the steps to do that are really quite simple, though the decisions are huge. You need today to accept that you need God to forgive you like we all do. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. So we need to ask God for forgiveness. And then you need to invite him to come into your heart and life by laying aside all those questions and simply surrendering to him. It's remarkable some of those questions will make sense when he is part of your world, when he's within you and you can understand more deeply God's plan and purpose for your life and for the world that we live in. And you need to take a step of faith, believing that God loves you and wants to bring you into a loving and transforming relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of the spirit within your heart and life. You might want to do that today. And if you do, I want to pray a simple prayer and invite you wherever you are, sitting at home, watching this at this moment on Sunday morning, or maybe at another moment, but to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer along with me. Let me say this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I recognise my need of you. And I ask you to come and to fill my life with your power and your presence. Forgive me and accept me into your family. And grant to me the gift of salvation and the gift of the spirit that I might live for you and walk with you all the days of my life. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've prayed that prayer today, congratulations. And if you've decided that you want to follow Jesus today, you know, there are some online pastors now that you can connect with who'd love to chat with you through the chat function that you can see or visit the church website. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.